You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We're the answers. Welcome to Elsner's a production of Galactic Network. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. Uh, for all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsners.com. And for other Galactic Network programs, go to gncasts.com. On Elsner's, we're possibly going to swear, we're possibly going to spoil stuff. So you possibly may need to know that going in. So you have possibly been warned. Um, so yeah, Corey, how you doing, sir? You know, I had an interesting weekend. I was walking around downtown, and I saw some guy, uh, I don't know, getting filmed or something. There was a large group around him. Everybody was really upset. And then I saw him point to a pin that he had that was a frog. I fucking hate frogs. So I just clocked the guy right in the face and ran off. (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, did that happen up in Northern California? No, I don't know where that happened. It just is like it's everything that everybody was talking about today. It was like, is it okay to hit a Nazi? I'm like, well, that's the same question as would you go back in time and kill Hitler? Um, yeah. Maybe. So, so would you? Uh, kill Hitler? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's sort of the th- mentality of I eat meat. I can't be a vegetarian, but I don't go out and slaughter my own cows. So while I'm okay with the meat appearing in front of me, uh, I'm not really okay with doing the dirty work myself. Same thing. I I don't want Hitler to be around, but can I be the guy who kills Hitler? I'm I'm not sure. Just bring me my Hitler steak. (laughs) Bring you your Hitler steak. Um, But yeah, so of President Elects. (laughs) <laughs> but no yeah that's actually pretty smart uh, smart mentioning there um yeah i mean i've been good i mean work is fun um maybe getting a promotion here in a little bit um as i talk into the wrong part of the microphone um and yeah so that would be that'll be fun um and all that but yeah i don't know I, anyways we should probably go on to the news. You know, we actually do a show instead of just chit chat bullshit. Um, haha, swear. Uh, the first three stories are actually really quick because you're just the headline tells you everything. Um, so I'm just going to power through these. Um, the first official t- or the official title for Star Wars Episode Eight has been revealed, and it is Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah, it's slightly interesting because they've changed the coloring of the logo to red, which they usually do on the third movies in the trilogies. Uh, because Revenge of the Sith went red. Uh, Return of the Jedi went red. The Last Jedi also, there's a lot of confusion as to whether or not it means is Rey the Last Jedi? Is Kylo the Last Jedi? Is Luke the Last Jedi? Jedi being a word that is both singular and plural could be a lot of things. Yes. So it's interesting. Yes. And uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi is scheduled for release on December 15th. Um, Flash and Supergirl musical episode 
is becoming a Glee reunion as they cast Darren Chris as the menacing ma- music meister. Um, explain who music meister is real quick. Uh, music meister is actually, I don't know that this is a character that was original to comics. I think it's kind of a playoff of one of the other characters. It may have been used in one of the justice league cartoons at one point. I believe. I believe the last time it was used was the Batman, and it was, and he was played by uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it's 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 probably the same sort of theme as what happened in the Buffy musical, which uh, Demon came up and made everybody sing, it, which works. You know, it. The point is, is that we're gonna watch this and we're gonna enjoy it because of the characters and because of the actors and how all of their talents, uh, and it's cute that they did get somebody from Glee to come back with them also from, I guess their seasons of Glee, because I didn't recognize any of these people from the show when I was watching it, but I left kind of early. Um, yeah. So the real quick to fill everyone in, uh, Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist who play, um, you know, flash and Supergirl respectively. were both on Glee with Darren, Chris, um, they were, uh, Darren and Grant's characters were at the preparatory school, um, like the rival prep school, um, and then uh, Melissa came in as one of the later uh, members of the Glee Club. So, yeah, it's a nice little um, maybe we'll get news and uh, more Glee people. We'll get Jane Litch as uh, well, he, doing a cameo. Here's, here's one more little tidbit about it is Darren Chris uh, just recently was doing the the play for Hedwig and the Angry Inch which just before that had been brought out to the, the mega stage with Neil Patrick Harris. So Darren Chris stepping into another NPH role. Yeah, exactly. And then the final quick hit news story is Samurai Jack's premiere day is announced. Um, Samurai Jack will be coming uh, back to for season five. Um, this is not a reboot. It is a continuation on March 11th at 1130, p- at 1130 p.m. on as a part of Cartoon Network's Adult Swim Toonami line. And so, yeah, this is exciting news. Um, I've, they've been re-airing Samurai Jack, and I flipped it th- uh, last week to see the pilot, and I was just, I was astonished at how accurate the comic book was to the movie, or to the TV show, because the comic book, which uh, was written by Jim Zub, Lots of pages with no writing. Yeah. Same thing with the TV show. Lots of action told through music and, you know, very little dialogue. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing too, is Samurai Jack as a show on Cartoon Network itself is, I can't really see how it appeals as a kid's show. Uh, it makes much more sense to be in the tsunami block than it does on the the regular schedule in between episodes of Adventures of Gumball and Uncle Grandpa and shit. So makes makes a good deal of sense. It's good that it's come back. My best friend is a huge Samurai Jack fan. She loves the series. Uh, calls Jack her betrothed. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited for her. It it was uh, not a show that I watched all the time. The episodes that I did pop into here and there were great. But it's yeah. it's heavy story, you know, in four seasons. Uh, it yeah. might be something that you want to try to catch in syndication while they're, they're replaying the episodes right now. Yeah, and our so our more 
discussion-y story uh, for Else News is that uh, Seinfeld is actually leaving Crackle for Netflix. Um, now, this is not the sitcom. This is Jerry Seinfeld is bringing comedians in cars getting coffee to Netflix, which is it's currently airing on Crackle right now. Um, and they're bringing all the past episodes, but then the new episodes will be, will be premiering later this year in 2017. Um, this is an interesting deal because I, I see this as a double-edged sword. Um, this is great for Seinfeld because of, you know, of just with how, you know, I mean, he's a big name and just seeing him going, and this is not just comedians and cars, but this is stand-up specials as well. I believe it's, it's a very, I think it's going to be a very similar deal to um, uh, Dave Chappelle. And I think Chris Rock has a deal. Like there's a few other comedians who have these deals with Netflix. And Netflix um, seems the- to be dominating that market where, it used to be that you'd get comedians and they it would be about when their special was going to hit either on Comedy Central or originally HBO. And HBO still gets a good deal of that. Um, but Netflix has been getting a lot of these lately. A lot of yeah. the big names have been going over there. And it, maybe that's part of it. But the other part that there's some rumors, and it's just speculation at this point. It's not really even fully rumored that Sony might be looking to sell off Columbia Pictures because Sony has had a tough year. Uh, their their biggest films were not well received in the box office. Uh, Passengers and Ghostbusters both underperformed, and only two films for them made over 100 million this year, and that was Ghostbusters and the Angry Birds movie. Uh, Sausage Party came in third with 97 million. Uh, in the last four years, they they've had two movies break 200 million, and that was Spectre. Uh, the James Bond movie and Amazing Spider-Man 2. And we know that Amazing Spider-Man killed that franchise and forced them to relaunch in conjunction with Marvel uh, for mm-hmm. the Spider-Man character. So Sony's been in not incredible shape for the last few years. And all they have really coming up are Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, the Spider-Man animated movie, apparently after that, and the Emoji movie, which just... I don't even know what to think about that, but yeah, Angry Birds is one of the only ones that did over 100 million. So maybe it's just it's really kind of a tough time for them. And Crackle is a service that I think has always been an also ran. It's not something that people predominantly think of uh, of where they're going to go for content, uh, especially original content. So yeah, it's it's one of those that if you sign up for the the newsletter, you will get the email saying this is what we have coming, and they've had you know, Firefly and Serenity on there, um, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of the content that is, you know, has Sony's involvement in there. Um, but I, but when it comes to originals, it's not a lot. I mean, Community Cards Getting Coffee, you know, has, you know, three Emmy nominations, um, you know, in the Variety Talk series category. Um, the only other originals that I could think of is there's the show Startup that stars Martin Freeman, which I watched that. That was really good. Um, the, but I could easily see, you know, if Net, if Crackle wanted to sell off some of the stuff, I could see 
um, you know, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, all picking that up and and take bringing it over there. Um, you know, comedians, comedians and cars getting coffee is already over there, and the other one is Sports Jeopardy. Sports Jeopardy is one that you know you could put that on 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 NBC Sports Network and be good. Yeah, I and, see the ads for Sports Jeopardy all the time because I watch Jeopardy pretty regularly, and and it's always like the oh yeah, if you like Jeopardy, you go watch Sports Jeopardy. It's like no, I don't want to watch fucking Sports Jeopardy, and I'm sure as shit don't want to go to a Crackle app that I have to download and install to to watch it. And I'm I'm a guy with fucking Roku's in every room and yep. and access to tons of streaming content. I just don't know that the the uh, the non technical people are are aiming for that stuff and at this point in time there's so many different companies coming out with their own streaming services and i i was just going over this with the wife yesterday it's going to be really hard to prove that you're worth investing in she wants to get the uh the streaming service shutter which is all horror movies and and uh horror themed stuff which makes absolute sense and considering that I do uh, a podcast that deals with some of that stuff, it, it would make sense for me too. We've been we've been subscribed to the Full Moon Productions service for a while because that's where I watched uh, Blood Dolls that we reviewed, and it was just like, oh well, I'll keep this going. But there's not enough content there for it, and a lot of that stuff is on Shutter. So you, you have to get to a point where this stuff starts to consolidate. Uh, if there's too many different ones and nobody's going to subscribe to it or they won't subscribe to it for very long. It's like, here's my 30 days. Okay. Uh, CBS, I'll watch all the fucking shit pile of your Star Trek show. If it ever comes out and then (laughs) I'll be done and I'll move along and maybe I'll get you next season when that happens again, but I'm not going to spend eight bucks a month on your service for one, maybe two things like, Oh, here's your big brother spinoff. But that's what else have you heard about from CBS's, service that that's enticing nothing at this point whereas for what i will say with that is for the fans of the of the shows um the good fight does look intriguing which one is the good fight that's the good wife spinoff that stars that stars uh ingrid from uh, game of thrones yeah i mean but that's that's just it is are they underserving their audience on TV to try to get these shows launched on their streaming service. And how well is that going to pay off? I think people who want CBS content are so used to having CBS content on television and their secondary TV thing. If we're not streaming TV content from an actual TV source, then it's Hulu. Yeah. You know, and, or if it's movies, then it's Netflix or if it's Amazon, which has a mix of the two, but is so, much a crapshoot, but it's there if you're already an Amazon Prime subscriber. I just, it's kind of like there's Android and there's iOS, and then for a while there was Microsoft's phone service. But <laughs> you could tell, you could tell that there were the two things that people were going to keep going to. And I feel like that's the, the streaming services too, is that it's, we've already found our winners. Yeah. And I don't think that's great. You know, yeah, there's HBO Go because HBO is its own fucking beast. But HBO Go exists for people who cut cable, and that's it. I don't know, man. It, I, 
I, I see crackle like I saw the Yahoo streaming thing that did the thankful for it, but the last season of Community is like here's our half-ass attempt, and uh, who knows? Like CISO's another one. CISO was out there, and his content that I would like to see Harmon, uh, Dan Harmon's D and D gaming thing. Harmon Quest, yeah, like fun. yeah. This is. I, I think we're starting to get, and I mentioned this in the pre-show, and I'll mention it here. I think we are starting to get to. I don't want to say the bubble for streaming services, but we're starting to get to that point with the streaming services where the bigger ones are going to eat the little ones. Well, we're at maximum capacity, I think is what yeah. it is. I, I remember mean, yeah. when Microsoft had their original content with uh, the Guild was yeah. on Xbox streaming. And then PlayStation had their content with the uh, Brian Bendis show. With um, Powers. Powers, yeah. It, but these things came and dried up. And those are not small companies. These are powerhouses. YouTube can't get original content to really go anywhere. And we're talking yeah. about fucking YouTube, you know? And we've known amazing people who've worked at YouTube. It's just, it's kind of a weird thing to see that the audience goes to where it thinks things are the best deal for them or where yeah. they think everybody else is. And right now, that seems to be Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. You yeah, know, it's the same thing as like, why is everybody on Facebook? Because it's fucking <laughs> Facebook. Because no one wanted, no one wanted to be on Vine, uh, but no, <laughs> I think with Amazon they have a little bit of a extra head, and in where I could see them acquiring a lot of these other other things, because you can already add the quote unquote channels, like you could the Comic Con HQ, you can add a subscription to them, and it's built through Amazon. Um, Shutter, you can bill through the Amazon Prime. So, I mean, if you're paying the $99 a year for for Prime, you can now you can then add, you know, for you know, like which is exactly what I think is that it's at some point they've just become the additions to another service, or another service buys them out. You know, we we get you and we get all your contracts with the people that you already have things on. And then we just make it all in one, you know, and that's what Comcast does. That's what all of these things do. And then you have the wars between, well, Comcast owns NBC or vice versa. And so we don't have to worry about having deals with NBC on our own network, but sometimes we have to fight to keep CBS on our thing. Yeah. Uh, or AT&T does the same thing. It's like, well, we're not going to pay for your TNT channels. Well, shit, then you're going to lose a lot of stuff and you're going to lose a lot of viewers and you're going to get a bunch of commercials saying, Hey, by the way, guys, do you like The Walking Dead? <laughs> yeah, uh, AT&T is trying to screw you over by taking it away. You should call them and rip their a new asshole. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it here for uh, the, else, the Else News. We will be right back. If you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. 
Again, go to GNCast.com slash support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network Podcast. And we are back, and it is time for the Else Views. This is the section where we talk about, about the TV shows, movies, video games, you know, whatever is on our minds. Um, and I have a whole, I have 13 episodes I want to talk about. Um, <laughs> Finally, I, I'm not going to be seen as a long-winded one. <laughs> no, well, it it surprised me um, with mine, um, with how quick it went through. Like, I... I binged through the show in on Sunday. Um, and that, that show is Voltron Legendary Defender season two. Um, it's, you know, it's the, it, we're picking up right after the, uh, you know, right after epi- or season one ended and you have, you know, it's still, everyone's still here and, or actually no, everyone gets separated. And so it goes, you go from them being separated. You have three episodes, I want to say, of them getting back together. Um, and then you have them get like recuperating and get, uh, gathering, you know, into the next, um, gathering into the net, you know, to fo- uh, form an alliance with this other group of aliens. And then they fight. Um, the final episode is them fighting. Uh, I'm blanking on the villain's name, but they're fighting the villain. And you know, in there, I'm skipping a lot of stuff, but because you know, a lot of it is hilarity ensues, and you know, you know, shit hitting fans and stuff like that. Um, incredible voice cast. I think Weird Al does a voice in one of the episodes. Oh, that would be um, nice. Yeah. I think I think it's the I'll, I'll have to double check. I actually tried to look up on Wikipedia while I was watching it, but I think it's the episode. It's episode three, two or three. It's the one with Hunk and Lance uh, um, underwater. He plays one of the crazy. Consp- he, he plays one of the people who would wear um, who would wear a hat that's foil lined, um, because you know he feels like an alien's inclined to probe his butt or read his mind. Um, you know, just basically, I'll just quote his whole song here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's really good, really fun. Um, God, Reese Darby steals just about every scene he's in that he talks about or that he's in there voicing, um, with his character. But yeah, it's, it's great. The, I think I found a new reason for loving this show and it is with, you know the how Reese Darby's character is essentially a comic relief. It's because they can have a super serious moment and then do one little thing for comedy to not make it so doom and gloom, but be like, "Hey, it's a kid show. Remember, it's a kid show." Sort sort of thing. And I actually really enjoyed that because I mean, yeah, we watched the the pilot at the beginning of of last season and. I enjoyed it. It was just one of those things that the pilot was long. The pilot was not a short episode. No, the pilot uh, and was so like an hour long. Hour, hour felt longer hour. than that. But yeah, it, we like we just never got back to it. But even even my wife Erin was like, 
this is actually pretty good. You know, this is there's some funny dialogue in this. There's some good stuff happening here. Uh, so I don't think it's one of those things that she'd be mad if I was watching it and she happened to be in the room, uh, which is always nice. But it 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 is solid. the The thing to me is like I, I grew up with the original Voltron, and I have no problem with them updating it and and making changes and uh, certainly making it more serious. But what I remember of season two of Voltron is like you were there that first season you were like, oh, this kicks ass and all these guys and like the, the lions and shit. But by the time the season ended, we had already lost Sven, who was the, the, I think the blue lion or maybe the black lion. No, it was the blue lion. Blue lion and, you know, he had Red the black lion. outfit, but it's the blue lion. Like, the outfits didn't yeah. match up which lions they were in, which I thought was weird. But Sven, like, disappears, and so Allura took over as one of the pilots. So that's one thing that I would expect to be happening by now. And my other expectation is season two, shouldn't we have the fucking vehicles, the, the, the other Voltron that's made up of the 15 vehicles, like the land, sea, and air teams? Because that's what they did in the first one. And boy, that messed people up. Um, the the storyline... Yeah, it, the storyline of it was very really, really interesting, um, because they were they were different shows. Like there was a lion thing that they were taking, making the Voltron for America, and it was one show. And then there was the Voltron that was the vehicles that was another show. But they tried to make them interrelated because they all combined into giant robots. There was actually a third Voltron that was supposed to be three robots that combined together. I remember that from the toys. <laughs> three robots combined to make a bigger robot. But the um, only ties between Voltron, the Lion Force, and Voltron, the the automobiles, uh, was that Pidge from the Lions was the brother of Chip from the, the Vehicle Force, uh, which is like, but that was it. It was kind of a weird thing, but they, they go into a story about Chip where he's like waiting for a letter from, from his family and waiting for a letter from Pidge. He's not sure if people are hiding stuff from him. The story was much deeper on the vehicle stuff, but but there was just too many goddamn characters. But I'd still like to see that happen. Not like them dedicate a whole season to it, but I'd like to see something with those other characters and with the vehicle Voltron like show up at some point. That's just like an Easter egg thing that just seems too cool to not all, do all something. I'm gonna with. say, all I'm gonna say, because um you are hitting on a lot of things that like i'm like oh damn he's really close um <laughs> because like uh for example um season two with sven leaving um you ain't wrong uh, um I, I tend to do that I, I tend to think things too much and not enjoy the shows as much as i should no, it's still enjoyable it's still enjoyable and um and I'm saying that with the hopes that people aren't like me and went to Wikipedia and did the cross-examination of the character, you know, who he was voiced by in the eighties, voiced by in the nineties, uh, voiced by in the 2011 reboot and then voiced by in legendary defenders. Um, because you ain't wrong and you spoiled season three a little bit, I think, (laughs) 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 but the uh, no, there's you're starting to see this. Um, that, that was one of the things that I I forgot with season one is that was Pidge's brother. Um, you know, and Pidge, you know, and they brought it, they brought it in one episode. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. She's looking for her brother, and 
and you know stuff like that but i honestly think you will enjoy the show i mean especially because i don't well not especially but because you like voltron so much but then like i could i i watch this and i still can relate it to um cora and avatar because it had the you know same animation uh team that did you know avatar last airbender and, and legend of Korra. um and i think the same showrunners yeah and it is and, a beautifully animated show um yeah. from what i saw of the first season but yeah it's it's uh, i'm curious as you if you, if you do continue you know you do start watching voltron again um you know comparing it to the older show because for me i i didn't watch the older show um it was i always looked at it in the well that's freaking i got transformers why would i want voltron sort of thing and it was never it was never on you know when i was you know here it was it was transformers so i'm like all right there's only transformers there's nothing else <laughs> Yeah, my day it was. Uh, I mean, there was Transformers, there was Voltron, there was Silverhawks, there was Thundercats. Those were the, the the Mega Four, and 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 Silverhawks was was kind of like secondary to Thundercats, um, but it was obviously it was the same animation type deal and the same storytelling. But then you had the the other cartoons that were just like filler in the afternoon while you're waiting to get to the good ones. Like you had Gobotch, which was just the the shit can version of Transformers, <laughs> um, and you had the the filmation Ghostbusters, which was just awful. Um, but just waiting to get to these shows, and then later on they started bringing in more uh, anime crossover stuff like Transor Z and things. But nothing compared to the storytelling of these shows, you know, and 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 when yeah. they were trying to put this stuff together and make this happen, uh, Voltron is always going to have a, a big place in my heart. Yeah. All right, so Corey, what, what's, yeah, it, what's so, it like? In, what's it like in Philadelphia right now? Uh, it's sunny, but it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, all right. So, do you watch South Park? Uh, I've seen all of three episodes. Really? Okay, crap. Uh, when South Park started, like South Park was a big freaking deal for the first few seasons, especially. And they got the movie and everything, and it was like South Park has been on for a long time. Yeah. And most people I know at this point don't really watch it, but it's still on. And anybody who does watch it. Or anytime I like wind up popping in here and there and seeing like a new episode of South Park, it's like, oh, um, nothing else is on. I'm going to watch this rerun of something from this season of South Park. It's still really good. Um, it's still well written. It's still well produced. It's it's as strong as it's probably ever been. You know, obviously we have our high points of the the seasons and and things. And uh, Cartman feeding the chili to the kid and like I made you eat your parents. Or Mecha Streisand, if you want to go way back classic. <laughs> you, you just kind of wonder, can South Park retain how good it is? And how long can it do that? Always Sunny is sort of the same thing. I didn't realize yeah. how many seasons Always Sunny had been on. It's on season 12. Like, there's not a lot of episodes. It It always seems to, like, come in and go out really fast. And by the time that you're just, like... 
oh, Always Sunny is back on. Great. And you watch a few episodes and then it's gone again. So maybe that's part of it. But they also, they kind of wait until they're ready to put shit out there when they're going to put it together and have it done. Because it's the cast that kind of runs it. And I feel like that's a strength of it. Now, other than the fact that it's been moved to FXX, XXXXXQ with a silent T, um, it, it's retained what it's always been. You know, with the addition of Danny DeVito, which was, I think maybe was the third season or something. Um, uh, yeah, he was very early on. Yeah, it was pretty um, early, but it was still like he wasn't there originally. It, yeah. It it really found its groove and it stuck it out. And I was just like, okay, but the last couple of seasons I remember watching it, and I'm like, some of the episodes might have not been as strong. But it's like that any season. You get you get some good ones and you get some great ones and you get some okay ones. So I came into the new season of Sunny, which started uh this month, and I was just like, Well, let's see how it's gonna be, if it's gonna be good. Because we know that uh the actress from the show is moved over and she's on the Mick now on Fox. And so is, is that, is she going to be as invested in this? Is it going to be the same level or is everybody like getting famous going off their own directions? Uh, Charlie is obviously doing a lot of stuff. I was just just rewatching horrible bosses too the other day. He's super funny in that. So can they bring their a game to the show? That was where they got their start at this point. And holy shit, the first episode of the season is The Gang Turns Black. And they're watching The Wiz on TV. There's an electrical surge. Everybody blacks out. They wake up the next day and they look in the mirror and they've all turned into African-Americans. But it's not just that. Like, that itself, you could already tell they're going to be able to mine the <laughs> fuck out of this. And it's going to be a great episode. But it's not just that. Because they were watching The Wiz. It's also a fucking musical. <laughs> so they're going around and they're trying to figure out what happened. How do they fix it? Where do they go? Um, they're getting accused of crimes. And is this a hate crime? What is? I feel like the cops are coming at us because we're black. Um, and, and, um, and DeVito's character wants to say the N word because it's the only chance he's ever going to get to say it. (laughs) He's like, no, you can't say that. It doesn't matter. Um, but it's, it's just, it, it is probably the funniest episode I've seen since like the introduction of the Nightman songs, like Dayman and Nightman. It, It was so fucking good and the music was good and it got caught in your head and it just kept going and then it's like okay and then the second episode was uh they go to a water park and it's one of the episodes where every kind of breaks off into their own groups and so there's there's a, a charlie story um with frank there's a a d story with mac and then um Dennis has got his own story where he's running Griff's trying to to get women to sleep with him and stuff. But then this kid winds up grifting him. And so they team up and they're like grifting the whole park. And that was phenomenal. And then the third episode was okay. It was like they they put cameras into Charlie and Max's mom's house where they're both living. 
to they wanted to do it to see if like they were living okay together if one of them was being abusive to the other one but then Dennis decides to put laugh tracks to it and turn it into a sitcom <laughs> uh, because Dennis likes taping people and it's it's a good solid episode and plays off of a lot of things that have been established in characters before but that's the thing is you you get the comfortable ones and it's okay because you just kind of love the characters and you love what they do at this point but those first two episodes were so good and especially the gang turns black it's like i don't know that this the show can is, do something bad i don't know if they can make bad tv at this point they're just they're experts yeah now when when with the gang turns black is it blackface or no is, no you see them walking around and they're themselves and they're singing and they're doing all the, the, mirror, the little dances and stuff but in the mirror they see who they they look like and Okay. Dennis is a a large guy, and Charlie mm-hmm. is a kid. So you got to imagine Charlie, <laughs> like walking around saying Charlie shit, and he's playing with the train. Like the cops, when they bring him in, they give him a toy train to play with, and Charlie's like, "Fucking hey, I'm playing with this toy train," and he loves hey, it. Look at this train. And they all think, well, yeah, because he's like eight and shit. Um, yeah, it it just nails it down perfectly. No, this is this is one of the shows that. I mean, like like you asked earlier, I, I, I never really got into South Park. Um, I don't know why exactly, um, but I got in very quick to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think because it was partnered up with the league, right? Um, and you know, and I was like, okay, watching the league, and oh, I like you know, It's Always Sunny. It was one of the. It was like one of them led to the other, um. But I I think I came in on It's Always Sunny during season two or three. It would have been at least three or four yeah. uh, because before when when it first came out, I don't even think it had a show that went with it. And then there was a season where it had Testies was yeah. the other show that it shared the the hour with, and Testies was really funny but did not last long. Yeah, it took him a while to find something that would stick and. And I I know because I know it was after Danny DeVito joined in season two, when I started watching the show, but it was it then became one of these where like I just sort of fell out with it, but yeah, yeah, and, and that's, that's hearing, what I get. It... Yeah, just hearing how you you're talking about this, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to try. I'm gonna have to watch. It's you know, it's always sunny again. Um, it's, especially... That's exactly what I mean, though. Is like it it's at the point of like, oh, always sunny is back, but do I really? Do I care at this point? Is it is it still going to be good? I mean, from the start of this season so far, yes. Um, it, do you feel like they've done everything they can? Is like, oh, here's where we're going to get our cricket episode uh, or whatever. Yeah, maybe. But they can still be innovative. They can still be some of the funniest shit on TV. Uh, they are all incredibly talented motherfuckers. And I, I find it hilarious that... For one of the seasons, uh, uh, Rob, Rob McKelly or McElhaney just as he was sitting there, and you know, after they wrapped, he was like, What would be funny for Mac, you know, for a season? What if he got fat and gained weight? Well, you know why like, he did that? Live... Why? Because his wife, who plays oh, Sweet D, was yeah. pregnant and he got fat to make her feel better. I didn't hear that. I heard. I just heard from like the, the Conan. I think an interview on Conan where he's like, 
you know, I just sort of thought, what would what would be funny for for Mac? Well, yeah. you know, he just gets really fat. Yeah, which was pretty good. Yeah. But what a harsh thing to do to your body. Like, it always amazes me when actors do that, when they fluctuate their weight. Like, some people go to big extremes, like Christian Bale uh, doing Batman and then doing uh, the mechanic or the machinist, I think. And and then machinist, then Batman, I think. And and then going on and doing things like uh, the one with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and... Amy Adams and Bradley Cooper, American Shuffle, American Hustle. Yeah, American Hustle. Or you know, Matthew McConaughey doing that for Dallas Buyers Club in the Magic Mike. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's... But doing it for comedy, that's balls. Yeah. But no, that's it's just cool. Um, so yeah, when is It's Always Sunny on? Uh, I believe it's on Thursday nights now on fxx yeah. at around 10 o'clock yeah but no that's cool and i you got me to to want to start watching it again yeah and if you're if you're an amazon prime viewer uh we've got a link in our in our notes here where you can go and watch the episodes on amazon i don't know if they're part of prime or not uh but you can at least watch them per episode uh yep. and when the season's done you'll be able to get the whole season all right, and we will be right back. Do you like scary movies? Did you answer yes to that question? Have you ever thought, hmm, I'd really like to listen to two random strangers talk on the internet about some movies that I may or may not have watched at some point in my life? Sometimes they even bring guests on, which adds to a little bit of the banter. Sometimes we cover the news of the week. Sometimes we don't talk about the movie at all. Sometimes one of us gets a little bit drunk. It's just the way that we do things over at the Podcast of Terror, which is a production of Galactic Netcast, in case you weren't sure. If you're interested in this, please go ahead and head over to gncast.com slash pot. Subscribe and enjoy the crap out of it. And we are back, and it is time for the else words. This is the main topic. Um the main entree for the port uh, for the evening. And this is uh, an article that we found that I found interesting for other reasons. And Corey shed light onto it. And that is David Ayer pens a message about suicide squad uh, reception and the Joker's role. Um, this comes to us from collider and um, a lot of people were giving suicide squad flack. I actually enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, uh, David Ayer wrote this big long message, um, you know, thanking people, and he knew it was controversial. I'm I'm, I'm gonna read the first paragraph. You know, uh, thank you so much. I know it's a controversial film. I really tried to make something different with a look and a voice all its own. Um, he later goes on to say about how he drew inspiration from the insanity of the original of the original comics. Um, and you know, and he goes on to talk about, um that he he's he regrets some of the choices that he made um you know especially with the joker and that if he could do it over he would have made the joker the main villain and engineer a more grounded story um but he he goes on and says that he's thankful for the opportunity because he's a high school dropout and you know to it's one of those like you, you see you can see how far he he sees how far he he's come 
from being like, you know, fuck it, I'm not going to high school anymore, to now he's directing big budget movies. And, 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 and a successful one. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, is there's, there's a level of success that there's an expectation for these cinematic comic to film things that have been happening. But then there's a reality, which is it's not like this movie didn't do well. It was a movie that starred a bunch of characters that nobody had ever heard of, you know, with some decent named actors in it. But for the most part, like Guardians of the Galaxy, didn't have expectations laid down on it when it came out. And it did very well. Did it do as well as Guardians? No. Did it do as well as a lot of the other superhero movies? Not all of them. But what did we expect from this film? Now, the the problems that we see from the outside are things like, well, were the characters true to how they are in the comics? Did the plot make sense? Why was the Joker being featured so much in commercials and in magazines and Jared Leto telling people how he sent people dead rats and shit and used condoms? Why was that being emphasized so much when he was such a small part of the film? And he even says in here, uh, there isn't a secret edit of the film with a bunch of Joker scenes hidden in a salt mine somewhere. He's basically saying that the film that we have is the film as it is. Now, there was a director's cut or something, some special edition that came out uh, that I have not seen that had some extra stuff. Yeah, there there was an extended edition that essentially... Um, fleshed out uh, Harleen Quinzel. I will phrase it that way. Um, fleshed her out, fleshed out the Harley Quinn character with her alter ego. Um, even there's a scene in there that I really like that I sort of wish was in the movies um, where it's Harley examining, you know, like psychoanalyzing everyone else in on the Suicide Squad. And it reminds me of her in the New 52, you know, in New 52 uh, universe right now, where, you know, there are scenes where she is doing that, where she is psychoanalyzing everyone because she's, you know, she is crazy, but she's not as crazy as everyone thinks she is. Now, is that Harley in Suicide Squad or Harley in her own book? Uh Harley in Suicide Squad a little is yeah, where she's a little bit more. The characterization between Harley in her own book versus Harley and other things is is pretty pretty loose. Uh, yeah. The the changes between them, which is fine, you know. It, Actually, there's a no, Harley. It's, it is in it, it's in both. Sorry, it, it is in both because of uh, I forget what volume it is, but the one where they featured uh, Cy Borgman and all that. It was her. You know, I need a job. Well, I'm going to go be. A psychiatrist again and all that yeah but that's that's still a little different i mean in her own book she's hanging around talking to a stuffed beaver and making <laughs> a lot of a lot of you know sort of crass jokes like we don't hear um sort of crass. yeah but fucking <sighs> jimmy and amanda are right and they're awesome so i have no problem with it read the pro sometime that is a damn good comic but yeah so i mean obviously we know that there was some interference or or it's been reported there was some interference from the the production company of like oh well the amount of music that was used to just make scenes kind of pop 
Uh, also, the weird graphics of any time a character was introduced and like, here's a little bit of a rundown that looks straight out of VH1 behind the music. Like, oh, yeah, remember <laughs> when fucking Mark McGrath was in this band? I, that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that stuff kind of was the we don't trust the filmmaker sort of thing yeah. uh, is what it felt like. It, it felt hammered on. Also, the... I mean, you got to face it. You're talking about having these characters who have bullets and baseball bats and boomerangs fighting Superman. You know, the premise of the movie is that we're getting these people together because we can control them. So if Superman ever goes off, we have a way of reeling him in. None of these people would reel him in. None of them have that capability except for the one creature that's part of the team that went batshit crazy and became the bad guy for the movie. You yeah. know, so it's 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 weird how it worked out. There's a lot of problems with this film. But I get that, you know, because you're taking something from comics and you're giving it a Hollywood spin and you need to make stuff exciting for the big screen and the characters aren't going to get their due because... The character of Harley in the film isn't really exactly like Harley in the comics. The character of Deadshot is very little to do with the comics. Um, and like they also are trying to pitch their universe at the same time. So here's our Batman cameo and here's our Bruce Wayne cameo at the end. And here's our Flash cameo, whether or not they make any sense. Like Boomerang should be a Flash villain. There should be an established history there. But we don't get any of that in this because we haven't established the Flash really yet. Yeah, and they even and that that is that is a little bit of a misstep with that with a lot of this stuff here, because I mean yes, we're with the Batman, you know Batman he is a well established, so with all all these Batman villains that you have, you can get away with like you can get away with the Deadshot introduction, um, but the there's a line in there where he says, and then the speeds the speed guy came out of nowhere, you know talking about the Flash, it's like. Every time I've heard of, heard or seen, you know, him in the Suicide Squad comic book, he's gone against the Flash. Not, I'm robbing this bank, and then all of a sudden here, I don't know why I'm making him sound Jewish. Uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden here comes the Flash, and you know, I was just minding my own business, robbing my own bank, and all that sort of deal. I mean, yeah, and 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 you kind of like have to wonder why a guy who's calling himself Captain Boomerang doesn't really do dick with boomerangs in the movie either, except for one time when he uses a remote control one, which isn't a boomerang. It's a drone at that point. Yeah. Uh, so so there is a lot of problems. I think most of it, not all of it, but I think most of it comes from the fact that it was the wrong time to put this movie out in the DC universe as they were filming it. Because in this movie, we're supposed to accept things like, oh, Harley and Joker killed Robin. Um... But we never saw that. We don't know anything about a Robin in this universe. And now apparently we never will. Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't really work. It's a lot of things that are just kind of said. It's, it's, it's shown the aftermath without a context to attach to it. So we don't get a feeling for these characters or the characters are supposed to be attached to from the other movies. You know, we just barely seen Batman and Superman uh, duke it out in the streets with one woman showing up and saying, oh, hi, hi I got a sword. Um, and that, that's about it. So I, I get why it didn't work, but I have to say that one, I didn't hate this movie when we reviewed it before. Um, I, I just thought it was okay. It was enjoyable. It was the people yeah. 
do, up on the screen were enjoyable to watch. As ridiculous as everything was, as forgettable as the villains were or the plot, however it was somehow resolved at the end, it somehow came together whether or not it made sense. All of that aside, it was at least something that I didn't hate myself for watching it yeah. when it was all said and done. It's not something I'm I'm jumping up down to go watch again, but I get it. And I think that from that context, it he's he did a good job, you know, working with someone else's story and someone else's characters and everything else. But more than that, he shows humility. He says, yeah, it could have been better. I would have liked to have made it better in hindsight. You know, not even saying like, oh, well, they dick me over. Uh, like the Fantastic Four thing of, oh, well, they took my movie and they ripped it to shit. And so that's why it sucks. Well, no, they were working with your stuff. So your Fantastic Four movie had shit available. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what what really could have been done with the, the footage you have. Um, but this guy isn't like that. One, he's not pissing off the people that he works for saying, please don't ever hire me again. Uh, yeah. But two, he's honest. It's, I really appreciate that in this day and age. For someone to not be the, I think I'm awesome, and you're all wrong for not thinking I'm awesome, uh, it's nice to see this perspective. Now, what what would be the difference between this and something like, like with George Lucas re-editing and rejiggering um, the original trilogy all the time, what's the difference between that? Because that's because that's because George Lucas did it to himself. Yeah, George Lucas chose to break his existing beloved movies, his beloved trilogy, and said, "Oh, but I can make them better somehow." But he didn't, and he can't see past that. That. As as the pa- the fans who watched those movies and loved them for years are like, please give us our original movies. Uh, he could not see past his own ego. Sorry, George, to to say, all right, here, you know, for the people who want the originals, here's the originals, and for the people who want the the trounced up ones, here's the trounced up ones, and for he people who want the uh, prequels, you're fucking nuts. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, um. <laughs> You can have those too. I, I, I think that George got to a point where he didn't see that he was making his own mistakes, but it was his mistakes. Nobody was telling George what to do in, in, in those cases. Yeah. And, and that's why I think the original trilogy probably works better than the prequels is because he had other people he was working with at the time. Fair enough. Um, I don't know, that was the only thing I could think of as a comparison because, I mean, usually it's, like, I, I like this attitude that he has, that, that David Ayer has, because that sort of tells me, you know, like, he has that artist's personality of, like, you're it's never quite finished, you know, finished. Um, but at the same time, it's sort of like, well, why didn't we get that? Yeah, I mean, there is a point in time where you have to you have to let art live as its own thing. You know, you're you're gonna have to walk away. You're gonna have to. I can't edit the story anymore. I have to put it out there. I can't make this film any better. Or it's been ten years and the movies existed. Uh, I I can't or shouldn't go back and change it now. I think that that's 
that's something that every director, writer, composer, whoever has to kind of deal with is you're always going to think, oh, if only I'd done this, it would be better. But that's how you learn and make the next thing. That's that's not it's not a matter of going and revising history unless you're killing Hitler because uh, I want a burger. It's 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 what you do to become a better artist going forward. And I, I think that this guy gets that. I think this guy seems to have the right handle on it. He's not he's not Zack Snyder saying, oh, well, fucking. But it's going to be cool and shit that Batman and Superman uh, fight. And that this fucking kryptonite staff gets thrown into the water just to be retrieved from the water five minutes later. Um, drama? It, and you guys are all butt hurt because I'm so cool. Uh, no, Snyder, your stuff isn't cool. And that's why everybody else in, in WB right now in regards to films keeps saying, we're going to go lighter. We're going to have comedy. People are going to smile and stuff. It's like, he's the only one who hasn't said that yet. Yeah. He he might do it. It might happen. But I feel like that's another thing too is that Ayers took heat that was probably not as necessary to land on him because of the problems that were already going on with the Snyder films. Yeah, I I I definitely agree with you in the fact that I like this was too soon. The Suicide Squad movie was too soon um in happening. Um, for many reasons, but the big reason of there was a lot more humor in here, and when you is when you're coming from Batman versus Superman, which not very, it's there's humor in it in other ways. Um, <laughs> the emo redheaded Lex Luthor, um, you know it's. It, I could see I see that you know I could you see know what's like, funny is that Luthor works contextually in Suicide Squad better than in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Whereas possibly um, Amanda Waller works better contextually in Batman v Superman than she did in Suicide Squad. It That's that's the thing. is like I don't know that they're sure where to utilize the things the best. And Joker... I don't know where Joker belongs, uh, the way that he was portrayed in this film. It's still like it's it's I think it's heartening and also disappointing at the same time that Jared Leto is still posting Joker stuff and like they may be utilizing him somewhere down the road in the film universe, even though all the kind of things blew up after Suicide Squad and his parts of it seemed to disappear. Um I, I appreciate the fact that they aren't giving up on him. I, I like Jared Leto as an actor in a lot of things. Yep. But I think his Joker was such a misfire to double down on it is 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 going to be difficult to accept. I could see them doing something um, if they were to take a, sto- a storyline from the comics. I could see them doing the um, from the Batman Rebirth where they had shown that it was three people playing the Joker. Essentially, I could see them. I could see them doing something like that. That's a that's a hedge your bets thing, which is already ridiculous in comics. I don't want to see that happen in the films. Uh, yeah, and the same thing with 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 Luther. I, again, I don't hate the actor. I did not like well, the portrayal of Luther that they had him play. 
yeah. that they chose him to play. Uh, at any point in time, the director and writer could have said, wait, this is uh, this is not working the way that we thought it should. Maybe we should back off on this a little bit and, and try to reconfigure things or trade up. Um, but I don't know then how you take what is, even by the fans, looked at as the one of the worst parts of Batman v Superman and move forward with that in the next film. It, yeah. It's it's tough because these movies are not made to stand on their own. These movies are made to build a long line of films. And you kind of have to live with the results of when you screw up the beginning, how do you how do you clear that up? How do you make that work later on? You know, and they got lucky that when Green Lantern screwed up, it wasn't already tied into their giant universe of movies. Um, they they just like okay, we're gonna we're gonna walk away from that Green Lantern movie, and we're gonna we're gonna go over to the Superman movie and hit, hedge our bets on that. Um, and I I don't know if that's necessarily better. I mean, in my opinion, it's it's not been great, but it's tough to then say no, no, ten films already on the docket. Um, but all the all the problems you've had with the first three, we're totally gonna make them okay again. <laughs> Trust us now. Yeah. Um, that's that's hard. That's hard to do. And and I'm saying it from the outside. I'm not the one making any of these movies, so it's real easy to judge when I don't have my shit on the line like they do. Uh, so I I get it. It's it's um, it's tough. Yeah. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.